Sunday Days with Millie, a podcast about the past with real relevance to the present day. I'm your host, Phil Cristofaro, and in this podcast series, I interview my 90-year-old mother-in-law, Doreen, who I affectionately call Millie, about her ordinary life and the extraordinary events which influenced it. Millie has witnessed firsthand some incredible things across 10 decades. This is a personal history which gives us some perspective about life's triumphs and challenges. Yes, there's love if you want it. Don't sound like no sonnet, my lord. Yes, there's love if you want it. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of Mondays with Millie. In this episode, Millie reflects on the amazing life and very sad passing of the Duke of Edinburgh. Millie was fortunate enough to have met Prince Philip, whose legacy was felt in the lives of Christopher and Kirsten through their involvement in the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. And we hear a bit more about Chris's time in the Gulf. Please enjoy this episode of Mondays with Millie. Episode 2, Season 6, with the sad news of the passing of the Duke of Edinburgh. What are your feelings about that? Very sad, as as thousands of people are, because he was such an exceptional man. And, you know, he really has been a wonderful support to the Queen. He really has. For a man of his um, nature, uh, very independent, he had a good career in the Navy, which he loved, and he had to give that up when the Queen came to the throne. And um, he must have found it very difficult at times. But he was always there, you know, one pace behind her. And, uh, and I have a, a quite a fond memory of him, really. Um, <laughs> it was the day we went down to Dartmouth for Christopher's passing out parade. And uh, it was a bitterly cold day in November. And it, that would be, I think that would be November 1980. And uh, we, we'd stood outside on the parade ground. And, and of course, um, the Queen and Prince Philip were there because uh, Prince uh, Andrew was passing out at the same time, you see. So afterwards, they, we went all went into the... It was, quite spectacular you know they after the parade they all march into the through these huge doors into the college and then uh, an officer on a white horse follows them through into the college with the horse and then they close the doors and then you hear this terrific shout you know and everyone's inside throwing the cats up in the air etc anyway afterwards all the parents were invited into the college and we went into this large hall and um, they asked you, half of you to 
line up on one side and half upon the other side of the room. And of course, the Queen and Prince Philip split up, you see, and one takes one side and one takes the other. Well, we were on Prince Philip's side and uh, I'm stood there. They have like the usual ropes across, you know, for you to keep the crowd in control. And there was this old, very old gentleman, really, and he was stood behind me. So John stepped backwards and he said, I'll stand behind you and let this gentleman through to the front. So he stood next to me, you see, and Prince Philip came down the line, shaking hands and chatting to people. And he, he came up, he got, to, he got as far as the old gentleman. And he said to him, you must be very proud of your grandson. Well, the old man was furious and he said, he's not my grandson, he's my son. Prince Philip's white face is a picture, really. And I could see his lips quivering, you know. And he looked at me and I thought, he thinks I'm his wife. So I, I quickly said, we're not together, sir. <laughs> and he just raised his eyebrows and went, oh, and moved on. <laughs> you dodged, um, you didn't want to be if, if, uh, associated with... Um... The grumpy old well, man. No, well, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to, and I didn't get my handshake because he moved on quickly. You see, I think just because uh, I think he, he couldn't control himself, you know. Anyway, <clears throat> when I mentioned it to Christopher quite recently, he said, "Oh yes, it was so and so's father. His mother was eighteen years younger than his father." You know. No, I didn't see her at all. She must have gone round the other side so that she could see the Queen. You know. <laughs> Hedging bets. <laughs> yes, hedging bets. Yeah. So, um, so it's a an interesting time, isn't it, for people to reflect yes. on uh, the Duke of yes. Edinburgh's life? And I saw a documentary about him the other day, and it was interesting because he he was, I mean, he was often criticised, wasn't he, for 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 sort of his mouth got him into trouble, but <laughs> very interestingly, he was. He made a decision very early on that he didn't want to be um, second fiddle or, and just sort of be this, you know, um, this sort of right hand of the Queen type person. He, he wanted to be active and involved and the Duke of Edinburgh Award carries yes. on. It's a great yes. legacy. Don't you, and would of course, you agree with that? Chris oh, yes. And Christopher and, and both Christopher and Kirsten, you know, they were – very involved with the Duke of Edinburgh Awards, you know. Uh, neither of them quite made it to the gold. They, both of them did the same thing. They left it to, they went the bronze, the silver, right through, and then came to the gold. And by the time they were doing the last little bit of what they had to do to qualify, they both, well, Christopher joined the Navy. He hadn't time to finish. And Kirsten was the same. She hadn't time to finish. So they, they never quite made it to the gold, which was a shame, really, because they'd spent years on activities, you know. Mm. But, uh, yes, it was part of their life and their social, their social life as well, you see, you know, going off on these expeditions. Oh, well, I think, you know, Kirsten reflects on it very fondly even today. She, um, yes. It, it's a, and it's, it is a great legacy. It looks as though he was being making arrangements for his own funeral at the last minute, I think, because 
apparently, uh, you know, there'll only be 30 people at the funeral and uh, that's difficult to sort out. Because, but apparently three of them, I'm not sure if it's three or four, are going to German relatives, his nephews or uh, I think the nephews or nieces, because um, he had three, uh, well, he had four sisters, but one of them was killed in a, a, a plane crash um, when he was a young boy. But the other three sisters, of course, were married to German princes. And they weren't allowed to come over for his wedding. Uh, but um, he'd left instructions that he wanted these uh, relatives to come to his funeral. So there will be three or four places for them, which was... Uh, and he's getting what he wanted. He's, he's laid down certain instructions and apparently that's what is happening. Mm. So that's very good, really. Yeah, it mm. is. The backstory is a really fascinating one about his his um, you know family history and I think his mother was uh, some sort of nun, wasn't she? She she was yes. Um, she had schizophrenia and they she she was put in a home you know for many years, and then she was living in Greece uh, in this. Um, she'd come out of this convent and she was living in this house in Greece during the war. And, of course, she she saved the lives of uh, a numerous Jewish people. She she hid them in her home. If they'd found out, they would have... The Gestapo would have killed her. And because of that, when she died, uh, she was buried on the Mount of Olives. Uh, which is only for very prestigious people of the Jewish nation. Mm -hmm. But she wasn't Jewish, of course, but they, because of her heroism during the war, saving Jewish people, um, that that's where they buried her. Mm. And that's where her tomb is on the Mount of Olives. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, incredible. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Well, the Duke of Edinburgh served very proudly um, and actually saw active service during the Second World War. And there's a there's an interesting thread there. So from your meeting uh, of Prince Philip at Chris's passing out ceremony, um, roll on and fast forward to the, the early 1990s. We had the, the Gulf War. And Christopher, having missed out on the Falklands, finally had his chance to see some overseas service. Can you tell us <coughs> how that played itself out? Well, the Americans were and the, and the British were policing the Gulf, of course, um, because, um, uh, the, the, because of the, the, uh, the uh, well, it would be the Iranians. Iranians and uh, Iraqis were fighting and they were, they were blowing up ships that were trying to travel through the the area you know and um they have these little uh high speed um high speed boats with the uh, exocet missiles on them they were like um suicide boats you know and uh trying to blow up ships you see so of course they were on high alert all the time they were there for seven months and uh, the the radar room was uh, being serviced 24 hours a day 
to stop these so they could see these exosets coming towards them and then they could blow them up out of the water. You know, it was it was quite um, uh, an active time for them, you see. Mm. Um, so it was a bit worrying, but we didn't know anything about that, of course, until, until more or less till it was all over, you know. So what ship was Chris assigned to when the Gulf War started? And what was that ship and what was oh, its role? Oh, that was the Hermione. Yes, he was on the Hermione uh, when that started. Um, what sort of ship was, was that? It was... Um, oh, now you're asking me. Well, I, I'm not sure, really. <laughs> I should have asked him, shouldn't I? Oh, that's all right. It you was a fairly big out. ship. It was a fairly, fairly large ship. Mm. What was his role? I think he well he was a lieutenant then. I think he he was um, he wasn't gunnery. He was gunnery when he was on the Mal, on the um, on the Middleton HMS Middleton. He was gunnery officer. Um, I'm not quite sure what he was doing on the Hermione. Um, it would be one up. He was ops officer on the on the Marlborough. Yes, it, uh, uh, I remember that. So I'm not. I'm not sure, but I know he was a lieutenant by then. Was he determined to go this time around? Uh, well, well, yes. Well, there was no choice really. He was he was on the ship, so uh, that was it. Off they went. Mm. You know, mm. it wasn't a question of choosing. You, the ship was sent there, and you went with it. But he was quite happy to go. Were you? Yeah. Worried and about him he, in the same way that you were with the Falklands War? Um, well, not at first until until we started getting uh, news, you know, on, on the te- television about what was actually happening in the Gulf uh, and how we were involved in the Iran-Iraq War, which you think, oh, that's miles away, that's nothing to do with us at all, until you realise that... Um, that our boys were there, you know, doing the part. I do know um, on several of the ships, Christopher also had a, a secondary job. He was the ship's diving officer. And most, nearly everybody on the ship has a, a dual role, you know, hmm. and uh, and he was ship's diving officer. Um, so, uh, yeah, he, he did that until, I'm not sure what ship they were on, when they were in... Um, I think it was around Karachi, somewhere like that, and the water was very, very dirty, and they um, they had to dive down to release a fishing net which had got caught up under the ship, and uh, it was shark-infested waters as well, and they they had to go down. He went down on his own; it was a one-man job, and he went down to release his fishing net, and he was telling me that. The boys were lined up with the with the guns, ready to shoot any sharks that they saw swimming around. <laughs> Gosh, that's... he said it was a very quick job. I can tell you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> release that net and get back fast. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Well, it looks like the Hermione was a a frigate. A frigate, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's the word I was thinking. 
I'm a very old lady now, you know. Ah, you don't. I forget words. You don't need to. Yes, it was a frigate. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Don't worry about that at all. Um, So seven months. Why seven months? How did how? Why why was it that amount of time? Well, normally they they stayed a month longer. I'm not sure why. It just wasn't convenient to send anyone else, and um, uh, so they had. Normally, it would have been. Uh, six months was the length of time they used to be away at the most. Uh, but this time it was seven months. Mm. They were overdue. And there were one or two babies born, you know, while they were away. <laughs> mm. So yeah. some of them had never seen their new babies at all. It was great excitement. Yeah. So, yes. so you were obviously very happy to have him back. Um, oh, yes. Had had yes, had the war, the Gulf War, affected him in any way that you could tell? Well, soon after they came back, I remember him telling me. Soon after they came back, one of the boys from the ship uh, was on leave, and as they all were, and he was killed outside the house in the road accident. After spending all those months in the Gulf, yeah, oh, it's a terrible, um, terrible and it irony, just makes isn't you, it? Mm. Yes, and it just makes you wonder if maybe sometimes you know things are there's a time for everything mm. for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yes, of course. I think, that would have yes, been that would have been quite distressing for all the crew to know you go into a dis, uh, you know dangerous situation yes. like that and come out without yes. a scratch and then something like that happens it's um yes it's a bit random isn't it yes it is mm. did you see much of much action in the time that he was there they're obviously on high alert a lot of the time it would have been very stressful yeah, he seemed very tired he seemed very tired when he came back. I will say that for him. I think he had about four weeks leave. Did longer leave than normal anyway. After that, mm. did he come stay with you when he? Oh came yes, back? he came home. Mm. And Kirsten was living at home as well, although she she was have, yes. Had she finished and high school by this stage, hadn't she? Yes, she was doing her training then, her radiography. She was at radi- radiography college then. Yeah, up in Lancaster. Yeah. Mm. Nice to have them both back at home for a bit. Yes, it was. And, of course, Paul still lived in Blackpool then, so um, he used to drop in regularly, you know, mm. to see him. That was, it was nice. It was nice when I had all three of them together on those occasions, which have been rare in the last few years. You mm. know, it's mm. been, been lovely. Were you in the St. Anne's Road East house? By this stage? We were there then, yes, in St. Anne's Road East. Um, we've, I've been here in this house 22 years this year. 22. <laughs> a long time, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's the longest you've been in a house. For a... Yes, and before that we were 12 years in St. Anne's Road East. Yeah, right. So... Big, two big stints after all those moves. Yes, absolutely. Mm. <laughs>
Episode 2, Season 6 of Mondays with Millie. Next week, Kirsten's off on the trip of a lifetime and she won't be home for 14 months. Look forward to your company again next week. with Millie is an e-learn production editing and dodgy guitar work by yours truly Phil Cristofaro vocal work by Millie's granddaughter Neve my lord dreaming about the day when I can see you there my side by my side here we go Stop to say hello, cause I've 